Yeah. Yeah. So Al had the hit and run. He, he nailed Ireland yesterday. You think it was more of a get out of here before the retaliation to the retaliation happens. Dude, he's out t- today. Yes. He's out Friday. Yes. There's a weekend. Yes. Monday, I'm like 99% sure Mason in Ireland is doing a remote show. Okay. Because I was originally going to be on that, and then Greg texted me, you don't need to. We're going to have Michael do it. It's like 96 hours in between what was, frankly, a mild splash. Slee was retreating. <laughs> I mean, as Morales would say, gutless. Well, I, for, gutless. For Al, and I know that he'd given this some thought, and I, I didn't know it was coming. He didn't tell me like we we had just right after it had happened. We kind of talked about possible ways to retaliate, and I wanted to escalate this severely. He was uninterested in my suggestions, um, but I could tell yesterday I didn't know it was going to happen. But he was distracted by something. There was a couple of times I looked at him and he wasn't paying attention to what was going on. And then I don't know, two or three minutes later, pow! Just and he caught him kind of on his shoulder on his chest, kind of in that area. I wanted a full face shot on Ireland, but he missed his target. You know what he was thinking? Thursday, Friday, Saturday, <laughs> Sunday, Monday. Oh, Tuesday. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. on Tuesday. I'm going to do it. <laughs> They'll be in and the by then, room. we'll just be it's the live imaging Tuesday, and then we'll just yep. talk about the Mandy's at that point in time. So it's a good timing. Mandy's coming up uh, a week from Saturday. I know. Crazy. It feels like we just did them. They, they came around again quick. I'm looking forward to it. Last year was so much fun despite the Trav and Slee show coming home with uh Bupkis it was still a great night getting to hang out with everybody it was super fun um I've seen a couple of th- just I- I've seen what you all have seen on Twitter it's going to be another great night I can't wait look man Morales and Jorge they're good at this stuff yes they are and there's like, lots of surprises coming so uh if you're there you're going to be excited to see what you see do you know any of them em? I know some of them uh yeah so, but I'm not gonna say anything. Let's go. Come on, you're leaving. It's a you're leaving your guys out in the reason. dark. Yeah, right. it's surprise. Like for surprise for the audience or surprise for like us? Um, maybe both. Huh. Who knows? Who knows? Now I, gotta, now I have to start doing uh, some recon and see if, if Emily's not going to help me. I'm going to have to go to other sources. All right. So it's the snake draft because it's, it's a snake draft. Yes, exactly. It's a snake draft because it's Thursday and it is uh, Brian Cox's birthday who plays Logan Roy. Uh, obviously, succession just ended on Sunday, but uh, it had some of the best characters in television show of all time. So we're going to do our snake draft of television characters, regardless of genre. They're all up against each other. Okay, so the order, and again, Travis picked them this week. I had uh, This is know. the first one I'm convinced is not fixed because I actually <laughs> drew them myself. <laughs> it's Travis, then Brian, then Emily, then Andy, then back up, then back down again. All right, so Travis, And first. they can vote on who they think did the best on social, right? Exactly, and okay. if we miss anybody, please tell us yep. because, uh, you know, obviously we're going to miss Ted. Uh, <laughs> right, right. All right, Trap. Uh, Andy knew who I was going to pick when when I drew my own name out of the hat. Andy goes, "I already know who you're taking," and he was right. I do too. Um, do you? I have a strong feeling. Okay, and it's it's. I think if you just put this person's picture up, not only would all of us know it, and the vast majority of this country know it. I think around the world, uh, almost. I shouldn't say everybody, but most people would know who this character is. I'm taking Homer Simpson with my number one pick. Actually, that is a surprise for me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this was dead obvious to me. (laughs) Yeah, I'm taking Homer Simpson number one overall. All right, Brian, you're next. Second overall, I'll take uh, classic Michael Scott. Great no choice. better boss, no better person. Great choice. Give me Michael. Hey, so we got two comedians right (laughs) off the bat. Okay, so I have some good choices here. I am going to go dramatic. Um, 
I think I'm going to go personal on this one because I personally had a poster of this person <laughs> in my room growing up in high school. Uh, it's still there. Uh, and It's, it's still White. hanging in the wall? It's still <laughs> hanging on the wall. That's great. It's Walter White, uh, portrayed by Brian Cranston. So Walter White is my team character. Brian uh, Cranston, who has a presence at the Mandy's. Indeed he does. Yes, he is. Brian Cranston is everywhere. Like with this station, with sports. The commercial he voices for MLB and it appears in, terrific. Cranston just has a great voice for that stuff, He's period. Okay, my first pick, this is considered by many to be the greatest dramatic TV show ever. And I think this is the most compelling character from this show, Omar Little from The Wire. Oh, good choice. Good choice. One of the most complex and interesting characters ever in TV. For my second pick, I'm going to go comedy. One of the funniest characters ever created and one of the great gifts of all time, Lucille Bluth Dang from it, Arrested Andy. Development. Dang you, Andy. Ugh. She's so choice. great. She's that's a so great. She, that's the, the actress who played <laughs> her. Jessica Walter. Yeah. She voices Mallory Archer, and yes. she's unbelievable. We we lost well. her about yes. a year or so ago. She's yes. wonderful. Terrific. How much could a banana cost? <laughs> $10. <laughs> There's always money in the banana stand. Um, okay, so I'm also going to go comedic on my second choice, um, and I was going to do Lucille Bluth, Bluth, but that's okay. Um, I'm kind of stuck between two people, but I'm going to go with... Uh, the one I loved the most, and I think the more popular show, I'm going to go Liz Lemon as my second choice. Ooh, that Liz is Lemon. also and good. She, her, a quote from her was my senior quote in my yearbook. Which was? It was, <laughs> where's my mac and cheese? <laughs> She's great. It, that's my thing. All right, so uh, Brian. Brian. My second pick, I'll stay comedy. Another boss. I'm going to go Ron Swanson, Parks and Rec. Class, a very underrated uh, yeah. role. Great character. And great show. Yeah. Great show. I, I'm going dramatic. I have my comedian on the board. Um, this is one of my favorite dramatic shows of all time. It's an incredibly interesting character. I know this one. Played by uh, one of an actor that I enjoy in a variety of different things. But this is, every time you see him in something, you don't think of him as blank the actor. You think of him as, oh, that's Don Draper. So I'm going to take Don Draper. Don Draper is my uh, my second choice from and Mad Men. Final pick. Does, is that who you thought I was going to take number one overall? Oh uh, yeah, I, I I whispered it to Tyler before your yeah, break. Yeah, she did. It. Yeah. She did. So Don Draper is my second choice, and then I need Don Draper can go kind of dark to be sure, but I'm going to go super super dark with my next one, Tony Soprano. That yep. Tony Soprano is my third and final. Tony choice. has some has some light moments as well. A few that are usually <laughs> drug fueled, but they are they they are in there. Yes. But yeah, Travis, I think you've already won. Uh, <laughs> but it's okay, uh, Brian. Uh, my last pick is the last one, right? Mm-hmm. Last. I'm pick. gonna go with a little more of a dr- uh, drama. Rick Grimes from early days Walking Dead. Ooh, I don't that, know that's that what show. I, that's what I want. Okay. He he was uh Andrew Lincoln was the actor, correct? Yes, yes. Yeah, he was the he was the four. original main character okay. of, of The Walking Dead. Emily. Okay. So, um mm, I'm I'm really stuck because there's so many cho- people to choose from. But I'm going to go with the reason why we're doing this draft. I'm going to go with Logan Roy. Mm. Uh, I think that for me personally, you could really tell in this season for me, why there was such a dip in in the fourth season was because you took away the center of the universe, Logan Roy, out of it. So I'm putting Logan Roy, his iconic speeches, his iconic, you know, words that I can't say on radio. It's amazing. So <laughs> Logan Roy is my third choice. Yeah, I 
I agree with Emily that once this is put to the people, Travis is going to end up winning. Yeah, by like a million. So with that in mind, I'm going to go personal as opposed to, I think it's a great character, but as opposed to trying to win, Vic Mackey from The Shield. Oh, great show. Great, my all-time favorite. Yeah, my all-time favorite drama. And Vic Mackey is one of the all-time great characters. That's a pretty good one, Em. Good job. I hope I win. I th- these are all shows that I, I still watch The Simpsons. Yeah. I think you're going to end up winning because you have the most purely iconic characters. Right. Yeah. Tony Soprano will probably win it for you. I had also on my list. I had Gus Fring. Could have been great. I could have gone like. I some, almost went Gus. I, I, yeah. I almost went Jesse Pinkman. Jesse yeah. would be a good I think, choice. There's I think also Jesse's Creed a- Bratton from The Office. I think it's actually in a fantastic character that isn't like as well known. When I, the other one comedic one that I was considering, and it's as mainstream as it comes, but it's also maybe the greatest comedic role in television. It's Jerry Seinfeld, oh, right? Yeah. The J- J- Jerry Seinfeld. That show's still on nine hundred. I, I would not. I had someone from Seinfeld on my list, but it was not Jerry. It was the, George Costanza. Oh, I thought you say Elaine. Elaine no. was great too. Well, Emily knows my feelings on Elaine. Elaine. Oh, look, <laughs> all four also, were great. Also, Selena Meyer was very high on my list. Yep. I probably would have. I, I wanted to only have one comedic. So if I had another comedic, I would have picked Selena Meyer. A few others that I had. Noho Hank. <laughs> Noho <laughs> Hank oh, yeah. is okay, so also. His Flint ending, terrific. I'm kind of a little off on. I had D. Reynolds from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Charlie Kelly also from It's Always Sunny. Larry Sanders from The Larry Sanders Show. Sam Malone. On my list. Sam Malone was on, on my, my list. list. Um, and Al from Atlanta. I thought Al from Alf. No. <laughs> <laughs> Al from Atlanta was on my list as well. What, how was Alf a TV show? How did we ever green like that one? Oh my, have, you ever, have you ever read the book Permanent Midnight or seen the movie Permanent Midnight? No. It's written by... God, what is it? Uh, what is his name? Jerry Stahl. And he was this drug addict, like big time heroin act, who ended up getting a job, like a career writing in Hollywood. And he wrote for, among other shows, ALF. And like he kept like just screwing up and screwing up, drug dot, drug dot, and he kept just failing upward. But the first TV show he ever wrote for was ALF. And when he got the opportunity to interview, like they were told, write a spec script. He had no idea what a spec script even looked like or how long it was supposed to be. He wrote like this 200-page opus where Alf has this like existential crisis of realizing that he's an alien, like what it all means. And he like turned this thing in and then found out what Alf was and was like, there's no way I'm getting this. He got hired. Emily, do you know what Alf is? Uh, I'm aware of the name. Okay, so ALF was an acronym for Alien Life Form. Yeah. It was a puppet that just sat on the couch, really. Didn't really do much other than that and wanted to eat the family's cat. He That, he, that was the gag. He later wrote Jerry Stahl for, I remember reading it in the book, he wrote for Sybil, Sepper, Sybil Shepherd's show, Sybil, uh-huh. and there was a meeting over at her house and he had to fix so badly that he shot up in her bathroom and accidentally sprayed blood all over the bathroom. Oh, I guess no. he hit like a bad vein or something. That's aggressive. Yeah, he still kept his job. <laughs> yeah. but uh, hey, not everybody can write for Alf, <laughs> Andy. That, right. That's one of the things you need. Eight seven 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 ten three seven seven six. Who did we miss? Who would you have put on your list? Also tweeted us at Travis Rogers. 
at Kaminsky Brothers. At Cambros. At Cambros. Cam Brothers. I'm sorry. Cam Brothers. Neither one of you know. Cam Brothers. <laughs> Cam Bros is Kathy Ambrose. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. You should see what she thinks. She hates throw, us. Throw that one out there as well. Uh, Andy says that the finals, which begin tonight, are going to tell us a lot about where the Lakers are for next season. That's coming up next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. Visit FanDuel.com slash play and get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, permitted parishes only. Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Wyoming, or West Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable site credit that expires 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, and Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT-STEP to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-877-770. Stop in Louisiana, 1-877-8-HOPE-NY, or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in New York. Tennessee Redline, 1-800-889-9789, 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming, or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. I think I was better off not seeing Steely McBeam that you tweeted out a second ago, Andy. We were gotten on the, uh, how do we, oh, that Rocky, the mascot from the Nuggets, makes over half a million bucks a year as a mascot and started going through the list. Steely McBeam is the one that's like, yeah, I don't love that name. <laughs> makes me feel a little uncomfortable. He carries around a beam. He does. He did. He's right there in his name. Mm-hmm. He just, you know, whatever, whatever you need. Steely McBeam is the man that could come. Is that in a beam in your hand to take care of business. <laughs> you need something fixed. He's got you right there. He's got you taken care of. Game one, NBA Finals tonight um, in Denver. The Nuggets are heavy favorites in this series. Uh, I believe they're the third heaviest favorite in NBA history. Uh, that the Spurs Cavs series, the first time LeBron went to the finals. Ended in a sweep with the Cavs, uh, or for the Spurs. The next one was the Warriors-Cavs a few years ago. Ended in a sweep with the with the Warriors. So this one is the next one in the line. So that's how heavy of a favorite that they are. I think they should be this heavy of favorites. I agree with you. I I, I would be really surprised if the Heat win. Never mind win a title, but make this a six or seven game series. I'm going Denver in five. I would pick the same at this point. You said something interesting to me this morning that. 
you think the results of this, and in particular, how tough, how much resistance Miami puts up against Denver, tells us a lot about the Laker team we just saw. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like because the Lakers got swept by Denver, but I do think it was about as competitive, like legitimately competitive of a sweep as you can have. Like the Lakers had opportunities to win pretty much in all those games. Maybe maybe game three is the one that felt most completely controlled by by Denver. You know, or if nothing else, it was the one I think that had the biggest margin of victory. Mm-hmm. But even like game four when they lost, they had quite literally an opportunity to the very Five last seconds. second yeah. to win that game. And ultimately, I think Denver being the better team and also – the team with a much wider margin for error, and those margins really matter in the playoffs, it showed through. But if Miami pushes this thing to six or seven, you might feel like the Lakers, okay, they they really are further from whatever it takes to separate yourself from the best in the West. If Miami ends up, ends up going out in four or five games, you may feel, all right, if you consider this team – possibly run back with an actual training camp, the mm-hmm. ability to start working on the counters and the counters to the counters and all those different things that become so important in the playoffs, actual continuity, which Denver's had a lot of and the Lakers had none of. If this is what it looks like against the team that faces Denver in the finals, I think I think the Lakers are in good shape either way, mm-hmm. but you might walk away feeling even better about it. Well, I, I like what you said because you're talking about get a training camp, get to know each other, and all the and yes to all of that. But in addition to that, I think is if that group were together the whole season, you don't have to burn the candle at both ends. You don't have to push as aggressively as you did towards the end of the season just to get in, right? That this team together, if they if they just win at the rate that they did, they're they're one of the four best teams in the West. They're 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 in that. You don't have to worry about you, AD needs a night. Give him a night. LeBron needs a little more time to get that foot right. Give him a little more time to get that foot right. You don't have to spend as much capital just to get in, which they did. Which I think you know kind of put them in a little bit of a deficit. Going they into played the essentially playoff basketball for two and a half months. Yeah. Then the playoffs began. Yeah. No. They 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 had to do everything they could to do it. I, I think that you're right about that. I think what's the theory that you're putting out there, I agree with, but I do think that it could potentially be misleading as well because the Nuggets being the best team, it feels obvious at this point, right? That the Lakers played them tough is good news, but that doesn't mean that just because if Miami gets clobbered by them and they took out Phoenix relatively, et cetera, et cetera, that you're actually close to them. It means that they're really good, that they could be number one with a bullet and then number two through number 10 in the West, kind of all throw them in a hat and shake them up. And you got to be healthy. You got to be hot. You got to be all of these things to get through, which is usually the case in the postseason anyway. But I don't know if like, oh, well, we played them as tough as anybody else. Therefore, we're automatically number two in the conference or number three or four that you're still among the others. You're you're not as bad as maybe not bad. That's the wrong word. You're, you're maybe not just one of the teams that we're talking about because you got the good draw and all that. I think everybody other than the Nuggets is kind of lumped together, which means you go into the first round next year and you have a bad series, you're, you're clipped in the first round. Sure. I mean, look, that's always possible. And it's possible that if Denver ends up winning the whole thing, like you and I suspect that they will, mm-hmm. this could be the start of you know a three- to five-year period where Denver is 
the best team in the West. They're the standard. Right. They they become the standard the way Golden State had been the standard or like in the late part of the, you know, 2000s, 2010, 2011, the Kobe Powell Lakers sure. were the standard until they eventually weren't. I think that's possible with Denver because Jokic is incredible and he, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., KCP, like they're all at a really good age for all this. They've got a great coach in Michael Malone. But you still need to give yourself the opportunity if, say, something goes wrong with Denver, if repeating, you know, that that can wear on a team. Like, you have a target on your back at all times. It really becomes a question of, okay, if an opportunity opens, are we in a position to cash in? That's a lot of what you're actually gauging. I I think the thing with Denver, too, and and you look at it and – Defending is hard. Repeating is hard, and and you got to get lucky. Like Denver, relative to that, they're healthy. Yeah, you know where they are right now. All of those things. There's also they're kind of a traditional NBA team in, in the sense that they got kind of close. You go back a couple of years ago, Western Conference Finals against the Lakers in the bubble, and then they were in the playoffs, but not really in it. But for very obvious reasons, that Jamal Murray is not there. You've got a, a Michael Porter Jr. is not there. And then once they got all their guys back, they'd had the experience. They'd had been in a couple of those proverbial fights to be there. And they're a team. Like you said, this is a group that's been together for a while. This is a coach that knows his personnel really well. Their best player is not reliant on this freakish athleticism to just kind of run through over and around people. He just knows how to play at a, at a level that is so extraordinary. He could be 40 and still be doing most of the stuff he does now. He could do then. That I do think that they're going to be set up, unless – Guys start getting greedy, and it gets harder to pay those role guys the way that it is. And I don't mean greedy in a bad way, but somebody's offering you the bag over there, you go take it. That's how it works. They're, they do feel set up for a, a pretty substantial run. Maybe not to rip off a bunch of titles in a row, but it's at least going through us for a long time because there's nothing about it that feels slapped together. Like It, it feels very permanent what they've built. They're an extremely well-constructed team. Yeah. The parts fit really well. Like Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray play off each other as well as any duo in the league. You know, it, it's interesting because that you would argue they're also the two biggest defensive, you know, liabilities. Liability, thank you, on this team. But they're surrounded by three good defenders in that starting lineup, or Bruce Brown. You know, yeah. de- depending on how you depending on how you want to do this. Like Michael Porter Jr. for a long time had been considered the guy to attack because defensively he just frankly was indifferent yeah he's not that he's not that guy anymore like he's not he's not a shutdown guy but he's not a problem the way that he used to you know what they have to they have just the the right amount of guys that fit in exactly right and i'm talking about kcp like kcp was not the best player when the Lakers won in 2020. You know, that's AD, that's LeBron. The, you know, Alex Caruso was very important to what they were doing. Dwight played JaVale. Like, but KCP was out there a lot when the game was on the line. And you need me to make a shot? I'm going to, I may or may not make it, but I'm not going to miss it because I'm terrified that you pass me the ball at the end of the game. I'm going to defend. I'm going to compete. I'm going to be a good teammate. All of these championship teams have one of those guys, and KCP is the kind of the quintessential yeah. one of those guys. Well, I'm looking right now at at their salary structure. Jokic is under a long term deal that he 
offered no suspense when it came to his extension. He was asked about it. He's like, they put it in front of me. I'm taking it. Yeah. Like, it's, it's a lot of money. You I like it You don't know how here. to do TV, Jokic. <laughs> right. Well, he, doesn't, he doesn't care. No, like, he doesn't he just, he, just, he just wants to be back in Serbia with his horses. horses. Yeah. Um, Jamal Murray, I believe, is extension eligible this offseason. My guess is they'll work it out. Michael Porter is under contract for a long time. Aaron Gordon's got a couple more years. KCP has a player option next year. It wouldn't yeah. shock me if they look to lock him up if possible. Yeah. I think they like this good thing that they have. Porter Jr. is one of those things that sometimes you got to take a chance and and be patient with the chance. Remember, he was very highly regarded coming out, but he, it was his back. It was his back. He, he just could not stay healthy in college. He comes into the league, and the question was always, look, if he's ever right, he's going to be really good, but he may never be right. And he wasn't. It took a long time for him to get his health squared away. And the Nuggets could have cut bait who knows how many different times on it. Just said, look, it's just not going to happen. That they were patient with him because the Lakers and most teams, right? He's a 6'10 guy that can shoot. He's he's physical to a degree. I mean, he's not Carl Malone or anything like that. But <laughs> but he's not a wallflower either. He's not just out there. He, he defends to a point. You got to kind of be patient with the guys. Like we, this is a project. It may not hit, but just if it doesn't hit right away, doesn't mean y'all automatically have to move on to the next guy. And I think the Lakers are victims to this, and I think most of the NBA is as well. I'm not singling out the Lakers. Sometimes when you have that extraordinary talent, just let it let it happen. Don't don't try to rush it quite too much. Yeah, I mean, it, this, these by the way, these are decisions the Lakers are going to be thinking about when it comes to like projecting. Austin Reeves, Rui Hachimura, D'Angelo Russell this offseason. All right, let's talk about those three guys when we come back. Plus, uh, Otani's doing Otani things, and the clock is ticking, and I read something that's downright hilarious coming up next. It's Travis Lee. Andy's in for Slee on 710 ESPN. It's Travis Rogers. Alan Sliwa. Travis Sliwa. But do you think it's the right move? Do you think it's the right strategy? No. Live from L.A. Live on 710 ESPN. So we took a little break. But I wanted to do one last spelling bee before we ended the show today. So today is the day of the national uh, Scripps National Spelling Bee, and I was testing everybody's spelling ability. Uh, Brian is doing great; uh, he's filling in for oh, Taylor. Yeah. But I'm also wondering how Taylor and Alan would do. Uh, I think they they probably do fine. I think I think Alan would do well, but who knows? I I, I don't know. I, yeah. I've never really seen him write anything. Like, yeah. I don't mean that in a bad way. I just have never seen like his his outline or anything. Right, exactly. Probably all right. Yeah. All right. So, Travis, you're up first. Oh boy. Your word is connoisseur. Connoisseur. I got no shot here. This is Well, that's a toughie actually. Yeah, C O N N I S E U R. Incredibly close. Yeah. It is C O N N O I S S. Oh, that E-U-R. was off by two letters. Not 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 as close as you're making it sound. <laughs> All right, Andy. Your word is dichotomy. Ooh, dichotomy. D I C H O T O M Y. All right. Four for four with Andy. Nice or job, five for Andy. five. I can't Got remember how many we did. Nice work. <laughs> All right. Brian, you're up next. Alrighty. All right, you're gonna redeem yourself. This one is a the name of a famous musician now, Ooh, but okay. your word is labyrinth. Labyrinth. I'm gonna go L A B. Good start. R I T H 
there's a Y in there somewhere. In an N. I, I don't know how to spell it. <laughs> there's an that. N? Yeah. There is an N, yeah. Yeah. Is that your final answer, That's Brian? My final answer. All right. <laughs> I don't know how to do that one either, Brian. Don't feel bad. The word is L A B Y R I N T H. That is two letters off. Not We know what you were doing in Humboldt. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing everybody else does yeah. in Humboldt. All right, last one. He's being one. barefoot. Right. Yes, right. that's what I mean. Barefoot. What else? Last one for Tyler. It's gonna be Munster. 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 Like the cheese? Yeah, yes, like, like the, the cheese. cheese. It's M-E-U-N-S-T-E-R. Munster. Incorrect. It is, is it M-U-E? M-U-E. Oh. I can never tell if the U comes M-U-E. first. No. Yeah, it's M-U-E-N-S-T-E-R, which is why it's Muenster cheese. It's like con like I was thinking con sore for your yeah, word. Because it's O. I knew like that O-I. there was multiple N's and S's and O's and yeah. U. I, I yeah, what go. are these letters doing here? Yeah. But good job, guys. And good luck to the kiddos tonight. Is it is it it's on TV? Is it still on ESPN? I don't, I don't think remember so. What uh channel it's on anymore? Because I do think that ESPN doesn't do it anymore. The guy that reads the words is my favorite guy. <laughs> he gets so excited to say connoisseur (laughs) (laughs) the origin is latin then he'll use it in a weird sentence it's always great yeah they always use it in a sentence that you can tell these kids are like that doesn't help me not well they try to be funny and i guess in spelling bee culture it is but it's It's like no i'm asking for help (laughs) yes like i'm not here for your yuck yucks i need help it's on the um ion channel so if you got that on cable ion yeah, this I've thing actually used to watched be on like primetime on ABC. I know what it used happened? to be on ESPN and ABC. I think do obviously still have cable. Uh, maybe, but I, I, I think used to not cable, do. but Directv does that well, count? Yeah, that counts. Yeah, I think Ion does like long Criminal Minds marathons. Is all I yes, remember, they do. But <laughs> <laughs> that's all. Not a bad show. I, I've by seen. The way. Don't they do like that in Magnum? Yeah, yeah. They that's, do, I think it's a like Discovery esque. Yeah, because I've seen my mom do a, like a Magnum and Blue Bloods marathon. I'm pretty <laughs> oh, sure. Got, I think it's more of a Tom Selleck thing for Mrs. Kamenetsky. It may be, but I'm pretty sure it's also an Ion thing. <laughs> so, do you do that? Do you like your flipping chat? I I watch old TV shows much more than I watch new ones. But I'm not talking old like early 2000s or even 90s. I'm talking like 70s. Do you ever go deep in your childhood oh, repertoire? Dude, if I land on good times, it's done. What about Emergency? You ever watch that? Oh, Randolph Mantooth. Randolph Mantooth playing Johnny Gage. I, I have not seen it in eons. I just I just remember it. Like, I vaguely remember it's it. It's better than you remember. It's really? It's terrific. It makes no sense. They, they have it, – it's what – I don't know what was going on in the 70s, but it, it, it's I still love it. I still watch it probably way more than I'm even comfortable admitting. They'll start a story, go like halfway through it, well, and then just drop it. It never – there's no conclusion. That's one of the things I've actually noticed while – like if my mom's in town and she's watching one of her Ion marathons that inevitably is a lot of Magnum P.I., those Magnum P.I., like the original one with Tom Selleck – yeah. Those plot lines are wild. They don't make any sense. None. <laughs> Absolutely none. And they pack in a lot of story. Like, there'll be times where I'll be like, wait, this is still the same episode? <laughs> like, He's solving multiple crimes. It's crazy how much they put in there. I did like when he'd get in TC's helicopter. That was always very exciting for Magnum. To the chopper. <laughs> Different, <laughs> Different chopper. chopper. <laughs> she, she's just, eventually we're going to circle back to, uh, was it Predator? That, that's what it's from. Predator, I think. Well, well, that was. I thought uh, Predator was the one with the. Uh, Predator's the one with the, with the in meme. In the jungle. The meme now with the handshake. I don't know that meme. Uh, yeah. Yes, I think I know. With but like I thought... the jungly background. Yeah. Right? yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. It had the Jesse meme. the body. 
it had Arnold Schwarzenegger, obviously. It had Carl Weathers. I think he gets killed very early in the uh, in the the plot. And then there's it's the alien that can hide in mud. Or no, Arnold hides in mud. Somebody hides in Get mud. Get to the chopper is Predator. Yes. There but isn't go. Tom Hardy in a new version of Predator? Or is that a different total movie? There, there was, well, there was recently on Hulu a version of Predator called Prey. Oh no! This one's called Venom. I'm I'm oh, sorry. I'm completely lost. Venom is like a Marvel. Yes. Right? Yes. I'm completely right? yeah. okay. lost. Yeah. She's crossed the streams. That's Ghostbusters. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so just to bring it full circle from '80s movies, Otani hit a pair yesterday. Trout hit a pair yesterday. Uh, we're getting close to the not close necessarily. We're two months away from the Major League Baseball trade deadline. From the moment they didn't trade him at last year's deadline, the question about whether or not the Angels will trade him at this year's deadline with Otani has been the topic of the Angels, right? So Jeff Passan writes this very thoughtful column article on ESPN.com about who might go where, and the jumping off point is Otani. And he echoed what I think is the common wisdom of as long as the Angels are within spitting distance of a playoff spot, they're going to hold on to him and cross their fingers and hope they catch lightning in a bottle, right? In that same article was wasting two Hall of Famers' careers, a long shot to play meaningful games uh, beyond September. Missing out and keeping him leads to disaster. The Nats and Juan Soto drew one of the largest prospect halls of all time in the Soto trade. Uh, Could rebuild a bad farm system overnight, which means the trade, right? And then finally... If the worst thing happens, you keep him, you don't make it, or you're out very quickly, you get a draft pick for your troubles, which is, quote, the saddest of reminders of his time here (laughs) in Los Angeles. So it's just really well done. And everything in this is like, I get what you're trying to do, and in some ways I guess it makes sense, but you could really kind of jumpstart Angel post-Otani time by making a move, and everybody's pretty certain that they're not going to do okay, it. Okay, let me, let me offer two potential rationales that at least make some degree of sense with the, I guess if nothing else, the narrative the Angels are presenting pretty heavily that we are going to hang on to Otani. Mm-hmm. I guess unless we are 20 games below 500 at the deadline, something like that. A, if they legitimately feel like They're wrong, but if they really feel like we can make some noise if we get into the playoffs, we can actually win a World Series, Uh whatever comes after that is worth it. Like if, say, we end up losing this once-in-a-many-generation talent for nothing, but we get a World Series out of it, you know, big picture, practical thinking, it's not worth it, but in terms of the worth of a championship, I mean, everybody says. I, I think that 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 scenario, Andy, it is worth it. You got another championship, and then you you did everything you could, and he just made a right, choice. Because at that you point, can live with that. Right at that point, you showed him a World Series championship, and he still said, "I'm leaving." You showed him the best thing you possibly could, and he just said, "I don't want to be here." But again, you get the World Series out of it. I think you can live with yourself that way. The other thing they could—that that is the narrowest of needles course, to thread. Of course, it is. I don't. Like I yeah. said I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. But the other thing they could be doing right now is just ratcheting up the price for when this eventually happens. They are—they are putting out every signal. No, we're not going to do this. 
because they know they're going to get the calls anyway. Mm-hmm. It's not like people are going to be like, well, they said no, so we're not going to bother calling. They are putting out every signal to anybody, including like Otani's camp. He ain't moving. He ain't moving. Because they want to make sure that they get the absolute best package possible. They want to put it out there. We hate the idea of doing this. I'm sure they do. But if they wanted maximum return, and this is part of their poker hand, where they're just, no, we're, we're, we're playing the hand. We're playing the hand. Keep in mind, the Nats did something very similar with Juan Soto last year. Their GM went on the local radio and said, we're not trading Juan Soto. He's part of our future. We're not doing it. And about 45 days later, he was in San Diego. So, right. it, it, But did they like their haul? They got a King's ransom. That's my it. point, though. Sure. But if you what the Nats did, what the Angels opted not to do, they played the same poker game to a point of we're not going to do it. But they also traded him when they knew that a absolute windfall of prospects. The Angels will get a lot for Otani. They would have gotten more a year ago. They, they would have gotten a lot more a year ago. I mean, to the point of maybe double or triple That's what they true. might get here. So if, if their intention is to play poker with this, they've already lost because they would have gotten more a year ago. Well, I mean, here's the thing. They may be thinking about this. There's obviously the maximum pot that they could have won, which is last year. Mm-hmm. But they may say we would rather, we'd rather take the chance on a large pot as opposed to maximum because – we we want to try to keep him if we can, and we are so prepared to try to keep him that we will pass up a maximum pot for what's going to be a large pot. I mean, if they, if they trade him at the deadline, I think they're still going to get a pretty big pot yes. because all these other teams, they have no guarantee that once Otani's a free agent, he's going to go to he's them. He's going to leave, right. And, and in all – well, that he's going to go to them, sure, even if they sure. think he's going to leave. Yeah. Even if you're a team like the Dodgers or the Yankees or the Mariners, you still don't know so that's, he's going to join th- That's the part I think that's most in- – the most intriguing thing for me in this whole thing, to take it off of the Angels' plate and talk about it from the other 31 teams theoretically, is A, do you throw out a really attractive package to get it done today or before the deadline – Thinking that you may have a chance to get him at the like the and the Dodgers are really the best example of this. The Dodgers have a an an absolute arsenal of prospects that they could use to go get him, but they're also probably the 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 leader in the clubhouse right now of getting him for basically just money. They just have to pay him what he wants and get him to come anyway. And you'd have all these prospects, and you'd have whatever you'd keep in the deal. Do you pay the prospect tax anyway just to assure that someone else doesn't get to go and, and have him in the organization for a couple of months? Do you do you pay twice in, in essence? To me, absolutely. I agree with you. I, yeah. we, were, we were talking about with John, and, and I don't want him to go on the proverbial date with anybody else. I don't want him to have a chance to fall in love somewhere else. Here's the example, and this is one that L.A. fans will understand very well. Everybody, including the Lakers, they were convinced Paul George was going to leave Oklahoma City and become a Laker. Like, I think there was a point where the Lakers were actually more convinced that they were getting Paul George than LeBron. Mm. Paul George ended up staying in Oklahoma City, which nobody thought he was going to do. The point being, and, and Paul George had been sent, sending out all these signals. He wanted to be a Laker. He wanted to be in Southern California. You do never know, especially like OKC – they're a really well-run organization. Yeah. yeah. 
you give somebody a taste of a thing that's well run, you never know how much they're going to like it. The other part of this that is because the Angels are the B team in town, they're the, the, the Clippers or the, you know, take take whatever. We, we know which, which is the A and which is the B and all these things. It's gonna. It's not gonna land the same way it was if it were the Dodgers or the Yankees or the Braves or the Cubs or or even the San Francisco Giants or one of those teams. That they're gonna have Mike Trout and Shohei Otani in the prime of their lives and have nothing to show for it is reprehensible. It, it is really a shocking statement that you have two guys that Mike Trout probably isn't the best player I've ever seen, but he's not past third or fourth. Well, Mike. Mike Trout, how long did it how long did it take for Mike Trout in the league before he was universally declared best player in the two game? years? If that. Yeah, yeah. Two two years. I think there was there was still oh, Miguel Cabrera, it's Bryce. It was it but it, for the last eight years, it's been until Otani showed it's, up. There there was actually I, I do remember yeah. when there was actually a debate between it's insane. Mike Trout and Yasiel Puig. I know, it's it's an insane proposition. But nothing? Nothing. And it's not like you had him for a minute and you just missed it. Trout's in his 10th season. Otani's in his 6th. This is lunacy. Well, I think at least the Angels can take some degree of comfort knowing. I I think Mike Trout at this point has like Stockholm Syndrome. And he just, he has fallen in love with, you know, the prison warden and and the prison. And he's afraid to leave. He's like Red and Shawshank. He's <laughs> afraid of the outside world. He's grown to love prison. You get busy living or you get busy yeah, dying. I, I think Mike Trout has landed on get busy dying. <laughs> the dump coming up next. It's Travis Slee. And he's in for Slee on 710 ESPN. Hey, if you get hurt in an accident, you need to know that not all personal injury attorneys are created the same. That's why Sweet James has been awarded Best Attorneys in America in Personal Injury. It's all that they do. This is the sort of experience that we're talking about. 20 years nearly of representing accident victims, and before that, working for the insurance company, which means he knows both sides of it. That's how you win Best Attorneys in America, by not letting those insurance companies run over their clients and getting them what they deserve. And what he's gotten them is over a billion dollars in that nearly 20-year career, a billion dollars in settlements in Sweet James's career. So if you're hurt in an accident, do what I've done and call Sweet James. 1-800-9-MILLION. That's one. All right, I don't know how this works, but LSU football, the LSU Tigers, are going to wear air-conditioned helmets for the upcoming season. And I, I, you may know more about air conditioning technology than I do, but the air conditioning I have attached to my house is fairly large. I don't know how you fit that inside a helmet. The unit inside a car is pretty good size. I don't know how this works. I don't really understand it either. Um and maybe like if it's like wiring or something that it gets like if it gets wet might be a bad idea. That doesn't seem really you know? great. According either. to the this article at uh, wafb.com with the latest being an air conditioned helmet designed by Tiger Air, they created the air accelerator to help athletes, industrial workers and military personnel stay cool. The helmet will last 5 hours and LSU players will be wearing them during practice and at games. It does not explain how it works. It sounds it sounds like there's a shelf life on the air conditioning. So maybe so it's like when I tie the t- the wet towel around my neck on the golf course and eventually yeah. it's just warm and it doesn't work anymore. Same I guess idea. it could be like that but much more expensive. Something, something like this also could like I don't know. It could it could save people's lives. It could it could be really impactful for these players because in the long run we see these stories all the time about people overheating and all that stuff and like oh, yeah. in the summer and their workouts. So this could be really impactful long term. All right. Will Farrell is in talks to star as John Madden in a new movie I saw called Madden. 
the new film is based on the Super Bowl winning coach per deadline and his role as a broadcaster and video game icon. So presumably, if I'm just reading this, not when he was the coach of the Raiders, but like post-coaching career, Farrell seems like a really good choice to play that role. It's not just fairly good. That's dead-ass perfect. Yeah. Like, Will Farrell is perfect casting there. I think he'll be great. He's a much, I don't want to say much, he's a good dramatic actor. Like, he's obviously got his chops in comedy, but when he plays it straight, he's really good in that. I think he'd pull that off for sure. I think he'll be really good there. And and I think, too, because because Will Ferrell is a big sports fan, I imagine he has a genuine affection for John Madden, so I don't think he's going to want to do this as, like, broad comedy. I think he's going to want to play John Madden for real. Is, is there anybody else in Ireland, you can weigh in on this one, too, that's had three distinct acts in their life the way that John Madden did? He was John Madden Super Bowl winning coach. He was John Madden Hall of Fame broadcaster and John Madden video game icon. Like, they're three. They're all connected, obviously, but they're three. My kids only know him from the video games, but Mad they know Madden. Magic Johnson. That's a great question. Play that's a good that's a good answer. Yeah, Magic Johnson, player, businessman, now sports owner. Okay. That's that's and another. and HIV activist. Okay. Hope provider. Um I'm a big Frank Sinatra guy, and Sinatra was the biggest talent in the world singing, and then became a movie star, and then completely fell to the bottom. Yeah. Tried to commit suicide and came all the way back. Um, but yeah, that's a. Good what about Jordan? Obviously, athlete and just fashion icon. Frankly, the the Jordan. Oh, brand. I, I've got a good one. George Foreman, grill, George, yeah, and well, fighter. Well, fighter, then grill, entrepreneur, then fighter again. Okay, you yeah. know, came back Two and won the title. Yeah, which would be you know a little bit crazy. You made a face at Jordan, Andy. Well, the problem with him being a fashion icon is. Obviously, the, the Air Jordans changed the sneaker industry. But as far as what Michael Jordan wears... Acid wash jeans. He tends to get made fun of more than inspire no, no, fashion. I'm not saying that he's the model for this, but his product with his likeness that is true. has become iconic. That is true. I didn't know Sinatra tried to take himself out. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, tried to... Uh, uh, turned on a gas stove and shut all the windows and tried to... You know, like people do in their cars. Right. Didn't work. Didn't take. I mean, Jay-Z... Jay-Z's gone rapper to pick your hyphenate mogul yeah. in whatever. You know, I mean, now he's, you know, he gets involved with the NFL. Like, Jay-Z has his hands in a lot of different pots. Get that Madden movie made. Happy birthday uh, to Marilyn Monroe. Emily, do we know how old she would have been had she still been with us? Got to be over 100 at this point, I would think, right? Or close to it? I'm looking up right now. All right. Marilyn Monroe fan, Andy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. My my wife's all-time favorite movie is Some Like It Hot. Okay, I know that one. What's the one where they're running around the Hotel Dell down in Coronado? Gentlemen Prefer Blondes? Seven Year Itch? Seven Year Itch is could that, be. It's, it's, what's the It's Jack Lemmon dressed as a woman? That's Some Like It Hot. Oh, okay, that's the yeah. one. That, that's the so one. So she was born in 1926, so that would be um, 90, nearly 100 90, years old. 97. 97. And died in her 30s? Yeah. Yeah, 35. Okay long time ago she's buried here right like over by westwood in that mausoleum that's right by you could be supposedly she got discovered in a coffee shop in hollywood well she was kind of the apocryphal tale of just come out here and if you've got the look and all those things that they'll find you and start putting in movies right well the old line is the best looking girl from every high school in the country eventually <laughs> ends up here national heimlich maneuver day have you ever had to apply the heimlich maneuver to somebody 
right. This will make you laugh. I, I was taught the Heimlich maneuver. And so I had it in the back of my head. And on the Laker plane one year, Bill McDonald started choking. And okay. nobody was doing anything. Nobody was trying to help him. And I go, well, let me see if I can do it. Yeah. And I got up and he. You're, and, like, you're like the radio guy. You're like, hey, I get TV gig in a minute. <laughs> yeah, you would think I would have been the one leading the yeah, nothing. Yeah. Leave him alone. So I went, in, I went in behind him and started doing it. And he turns and looks at me and goes, what are you doing? And I stopped and he just got over it himself. He coughed it up himself. Yeah. Have yeah. you ever had to do it, Andy? I, no. Mace? Uh, never. Never needed the Heimlich. I, I don't even think, I mean, I guess it's just grab around somebody it's and squeeze up. really it's hard. Yeah, you want, so Have I've you done it? Once. Yeah. And it was the it was the exact, I don't want to make this sound weird. It was the setting you would want to have to do it in because my wife is a ICURN. Oh, that's okay, right. Okay, so she, yeah. she is, she's, I knew she knew how to do it. So had I done it wrong, she would have been able to step in yeah. and fix it at the last minute. But we were out to, it was my, my family, the five of us. And Michael, who's now 17, was probably five or six at the time, right. and was eating a piece of pizza. Mm-hmm. And he's chewing on the pizza and had too much cheese. And he tried, and all of a sudden, right? Yep. He like within 30 seconds, he turns blue, like Ireland shirt. Mm. He's just he goes from like we all look to blue fast, right? And he's looking around like somebody, you know, do something. Help me. And I get up behind him, and Susan's like, "Yeah, go ahead." And I. Just one good again. He's little. He's like six. Pop! It comes flying out across the table. Really, exactly the, like you would expect. Like in a like in a cartoon, all the color goes right back into his face. He sits right back That's down a little and starts scary. eating. The pizza. It oh, goes back scary. to the pizza. Yeah, really, yeah, like it never happened. I have yeah. a question. Why not just go directly to Susan? As opposed, she's the nurse. Because I was sitting right next to him. Right, like he 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 was sitting right next. I'm to with me. Andy. I think and you should have called like, Susan. The, the, the now, I know, the now I know. I know Susan. how to do it. The way this the way this sounded when you were like Susan said, "Okay, it's like you know what? Let me give this a dry run." It was probably more like <laughs> you need to do it right now. You're sitting okay. next to him, but I didn't have that. Panic it sounded like, look, like I'll take work. over if this goes bad. But you you want to give this a go? Give it a go. <laughs> By the way, ICU nurse is a tough job, right? It is. Yeah, it is. Does she bring that home with her? No, shockingly, she's good she's, for her. Yeah, yeah, she is an incredibly positive human being. Wow, that's yeah, nice. That even in the face of things that are very not positive. Yep. She no, she thirty years. Yeah, good for years. her. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah. So you guys ready for some some draft notification? Oh, we need to do the uh, super cross talk right now, don't we, uh, Brian? ESPN AM 710 Los Angeles. KRDC AM 1110 Pasadena, Los Angeles. K256CX 99.1 FM Pasadena, Los Angeles. It's the greatest segment in LA sports radio history. Radio history. Oh my God. When the shows come together for magic on the radio. It belongs to Stronger. Super Crosstalk. Are we ready for Mason and Ireland to join Travis and Slee? Super Crosstalk begins. Super Crosstalk presented by In N Out Burger. In N Out. That's what a hamburger is all about. It's time for Super all right so it's a thursday so we had our uh our draft and oh today, yeah and today's draft was based it's on a snake draft it's uh brian cox's birthday oh so fantastic. emily decided that today's draft would be of our favorite iconic television okay. characters okay so that's the jumping off point the tell, tell tell us who you think won this draft here's andy's list uh omar from the wire sure lucille bluth from arrested development okay 
and Vic Mackey from The Shield. See, never saw The Shield, so it's, it's hard for me so to make great. a judgment. So great. Yeah. yeah, you and Jeff Katz. Jeff Katz loves The Shield. It, it, it is as par- it is as big a factor in the whole anti-hero stage of TV that really? we have right now that I think it, Mad Men, it Sopranos. Before or after The Sopranos? It was around the same time. Yeah. It was around the exact same time. It was pre-Breaking Bad. Yeah. So Spe- like 99, 2000, right in there. Early 2000s is when it debuted. Yeah. Speaking of Breaking Bad, Emily's List, she, with her first pick, got Walter White. Nice. Uh, Liz Lemon from 30 Rocks. Oh. So, John, I know she just looped you yep. into awesome. the- uh, I'm Team Emily all the way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They, and she took Logan Roy from Succession. Yeah. I, you, I I'll be, you guys ain't beating that. I don't know how you beat that. All right. So, Brian- had Michael Scott from The Office. Okay. You said you've never, I've never se- seen an episode of The Office. It's terrific. Yeah. Uh, Ron Swanson from Parks and Rec. Okay. You Again, know another okay, show I never watched. You're not yeah. going to win Mace's vote, yeah, Brian. No, Sorry. Not happen, Sorry, that's Brian. not going to happen. Sorry. And then this show I've never seen Rick Grimes from The Walking Dead. Yeah, I know. I No, I know The Walking Dead, and I know who Rick Grimes is, but the other two I have no idea, so I cannot put them, uh, put you at the top of the list there. And then my list is Homer Simpson, Don Draper, and Tony Soprano. Your very list is good your list. list is very strong. Emily's is better. Yeah, I would give, just based on Thirty Rock. Yeah, and the fact that she's got a little she got better, she's White got and Logan. She's Roy. got the best actor of my generation. Liz Lem- Thirty Rock, which for me is a home Who's run, the, is and then Lo- Logan Roy is a fantastic character. You, you, you have Don Draper. I, Homer Simpson's a cartoon. Emily wins. <laughs> Homer's yeah. a great character. Homer, it's, it isn't real people, John. None of these people are like real people. They're right. all That's actors. actually a fair point. <laughs> They're all voiced yeah, they by are all human So, some surprises that you guys passed on. Nobody took Cosmo Kramer. So I almost took Jerry. Because again, iconic comedy character, but right. no, he Andy was talking about maybe taking George Costanza. Yeah, I would have taken George if I was to take anyone. Yeah, you don't want to take Jerry. Jerry, and and he's the one who says this was not the funny one yeah, on the no, show. Yeah, no, Jerry's the straight man. He, he is. It was a, basically I said we Mason and I are buddies with a guy named Peter Melman, who's who I used to play basketball with, and Mason had him on his podcast. Peter was one of the writers, one of the producers of Seinfeld, and he told me once that. He goes when when you know you've got a great episode is when you have good Elaine. He goes, if mm. you don't have good Elaine. Elaine was originally not a, a she cast wasn't member. In the pilot. After about three episodes, they yeah. said, oh, my God, this woman is talented. We got to put her in every show. And then Peter said, the challenge among the writers was, who's coming up with the good Elaine? And yeah. when they when they handed her that, she just blew it into something huge. By the way, we were t- Mason and I were Peter, talking about this. Peter, by the way, wrote The Contest, if you remember that <laughs> Oh, one. yeah. yeah. It was a legendary episode. I'm out. He, he, yeah. had a, he had a, a kind of a, not a spinoff of Seinfeld, but his own show called It's Like You Know, which was basically a bunch of people. It was Seinfeld, but in L.A. Okay. So a bunch of friends living in an apartment in L.A. I remember in the first episode, um, <laughs> And I go, this is how you can tell Melman lives in L.A. Uh, somebody was home, and they were watch on TV, and there was a car chase on. And the girl walks in and goes, Jennifer Gray from Dirty Dancing was one of the Jennifer people Gray, exactly. on, on that show. And Jennifer Gray walks in and goes, guys, I'm watching this car chase for like two hours. Can, can we watch something else? And they all look at her, and they go, she doesn't know. And they went, what? He goes, give her the remote. He goes, go ahead. And she farts right. flipping the channels. And every channel yep. is on a car chase. It would have your network on all right. the time. Car right? chase channel. The other thing about Jennifer Gray on that show is that, first of all. She made fun she, of her own nose she job. She made fun of her own nose job. Because Jennifer Gray doesn't look like Jennifer Gray anymore. So they made fun of, she made fun of her own nose job on It's Like You Know. I was going to, I almost took Elaine too. Because. Yeah, great one. Here, here's. 
this is not an indictment of anybody else. Jerry has had success in everything. She's the only one from that show that went on and had multiple hits. Afterwards. Oh, yeah. By the way, received an Emmy in three different leading roles. Uh, Veep. Seinfeld and that Christine show, New yeah. Adventures of Christine, yeah. which is yeah. really fun. Other yeah. than other than Lucille Ball, I don't think yeah, you nobody can, took Lucy. By the well, way, I I don't draft. think you can name anybody who is a better TV comedian than well, Julie Louis Dreyfus. Tina Tina Face Close. I think Julie Louis Dreyfus passed uh, Lucille Ball for most Emmy nominations. Yeah, she's number uh, one. She has, she's well, she she played different I think characters. She has twenty three. I don't yeah. know much about Lucille Ball, but didn't she always play Lucille Ball? Or but Lu- in three different shows, okay. she was in I Love Lucy. She was in the Lucy show, and she was in Here's Lucy. Right. Here's they just kept Lucy. Creating, yeah, but that's just being yeah. Lucy. Yeah, yeah, they were just like creating vehicles yeah. for her. Yeah. Did you guys ever see that Nicole Kidman, Javier Bardem? Yes, uh, I saw it. Oh, no, no, no. Desi and Lucy it. show. Was it really, good? really good. I thought it and was Nicole good. And Nicole Kidman knocks it out of the park. She was Lucy. great. She was great. Yeah, she's really good. All right. So Andy has a theory that we we're talking about today mm-hmm. um, that the result of the finals, how close Miami keeps it to Denver informs how good the Lakers are relative to the rest of the field. That, that's it gives a you some information in terms of gauging where the Lakers stand if you're looking to run things back. You know, how. How real? How close were they right. to, yeah. I see your point. I don't agree with you, and here's why. They are, styles make fights. It's all matchups. You can run into a team that, like, the Lakers weren't favored to beat Memphis. They weren't favored to beat the Warriors. But when they got to Denver, Denver had their number. If Denver sweeps Miami, um, I just think it means it doesn't mean Miami sucks. It means Denver just was the best. Well, I didn't team. say Miami sucks. I'm talking about this purely from the Lakers' perspective. You're and saying try- it's a measuring be- stick based on right. Miami how, hangs yeah. tough. That it makes the Lakers getting swept. Although, but the Lakers games were decided by an average of six and points. Isn't that really a function of who's hot, who's on a roll? Like Denver's clearly has had it going this postseason. Now they're but they've a had it going team. all season though. Yeah, they, they have. have. Den- the thing is, nobody bought into Denver. But they were real all year, right? It was it was yeah, everybody I mean, else. Really, they're number one seed. You're right. right. Well, John, I said that to you what a month or so ago. When if the Denver Nuggets end up winning this whole thing, and it feels very likely that they're going to, it's going to be the revisionist history of well, like, of course they were. They, they right. They were and none that. of us they thought. Were the n- one nobody seed. thought they were, they were number built one for seed, a, the best player. Yep. Like all of those things. Nobody th- thought they were built for a playoff run. It turns out they were. So. With that in mind, is this the beginning of the Nuggets era where they've got the best player in the league whose who's skills feel super sustainable because it's not based on crazy athleticism. They've got a great complimentary player in Jamal Murray. They've got all these role players. They've got the right coach. They've got a team concept that seems to work really well for them. The Warriors are getting old. The Lakers are still in search of. Giannis has got to climb the mountain one. They, that seems to be the thing that could Phoenix needs a lot again. of support around them. Like, right. We've already seen Ke- Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, with nothing behind them, that's not going to get it done. I just think it's very early to call something an era. An era is a long time, right? How long is an era? What do you think? Uh, two years, three years, five years? What's an era? Golden State has had 10 years. 
I think yeah, that's five. Our era. Golden State has a dynasty. It's yeah, not even. A, a it's not even right. an era. You went four titles in what is it? Eight years. Right. That's a dynasty. So that's a dynasty. An era is what? An like era going is, to the finals a couple years in a row. I think winning it's being the team back to back champions. You got to win at least one, and right. you got to be like we, we were on the verge of a Bucks era. No, where Giannis finally won one, a couple of MVPs, and it felt like at least that half of the draw went through them. Hasn't really worked out like that. Okay, here's one way I would put it: like the 2000s for the Lakers. Yep. You had Kobe and Shaq. That was an era because it was about half of it. Then you had Kobe and Powell, which stretched you know the 2008 through 2010. It's another part of an era. I guess if you want to connect them together, these sort of unrelated teams beyond Kobe and Fisher, that could be a dynasty for the franchise mm-hmm. for that decade. But I think those two separate parts were eras in their own right. Yeah, I don't think we're entering a Denver era. Do I don't you, know. John? I don't know. At Denver, uh, they haven't even won it yet. Right. Yeah. Um, They're gonna. Uh, they, they are going. I think they will do it. I think they will win. Um, but you know what's interesting about them? They. There were several instances. Like this year's a good example of this. Uh, Milwaukee fired the coach. Phoenix fired the coach. First bump in the road. Fire the coach. Denver never did that. They could have cut bait on Michael Porter, who missed two full seasons. They could have cut bait on Jamal Murray, who missed two full seasons. And they just decided, we're not doing it. We're going to – we believe in this group. We're going to keep them together. The Lakers, for example, and I'm obviously a Laker fan and love the Lakers, the minute they went through two years of not winning, they blew the whole thing up. Well, you know what? This is where you almost get a reverse advantage sometimes from being like a midsize or smaller market. The instinct to just cut bait immediately – Yeah, that is true. It doesn't – it doesn't dawn on you that way. You don't think about it that way because you don't automatically think you can do better. Roars. <laughs> there you go. Just random roar. Did, did Love you, it. Speaking of a roar, did you guys happen to hear the conversation we were happen, having about uh, mascots? Yes. Okay, John, did you hear I it? I didn't. Okay. Uh, How, I'm, I'm just going to kind of take you through this real quick. Okay. How much do you think, and this is all based on what we found on the internet. Yeah. How much do you think the Phoenix Gorilla makes in salary? Well, I know that, I know Rocky, the Nuggets mascot's a high paid mascot, and he makes he like half a million. I would more. imagine, I would imagine the Gorilla probably makes 200 grand. Uh, yes. Exactly right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Rocky makes 625. 625. Benny the Bull. You want to take a stab at that one? 150? 400. 400. So Jerry Mascots Reinsdorf. in the paid. wrong damn business. <laughs> Jerry yeah. Reinsdorf was not willing to pay for Jordan and Pippen and Phil Jackson, <laughs> but will pay for Benny the Bull. That's right. a terribly run organization right. right there. What is Chuck the Condor? <laughs> well, Chuck he works for Condor. He works for Balmer, maybe a million two. <laughs> Bunch yeah. of software. That's true. That's true. No, I I look. I, I think toilets. If, Look up the Philly I think fanatic. if, I if we paid. knew we could put on some big stupid head and a dumb costume Wait, okay, so for six twenty five, wouldn't we all do it? We would all do it, but we all couldn't do it, right? There's like the acrobat component to it, the the performing component to it, just the physicality of it all. It's not. I'm not getting suspended from a harness from the top of the the ball center and making that work. Right. That's not happening. Yeah, you know what's funny is, do you, do you ever watch the uh, the halftime shows at Lakers games? Are always these kind of crazy daredevil people, uh, where you've got like this long. It, the last one I saw was 
This girl who is bouncing on this uh, cord jumps up in the air, does seven flips, lands right back on the uh, like you, on a tight wipe? On a, a tight, tight on a tight yeah, rope. and she's yeah. kind of she's kind of like she's an acrobat. She's kind of good looking, and everybody's like just like I was right. I was blown he's away. Gonna, he's gonna kill me, but I, I got this is a funny story. So Bill McDonald loves Slavic. I don't know if you guys know who Slavic no, is. No, I do is not. Slavic? Slavic is a guy that they just pile chair after chair after chair <laughs> after chair. Nice. And Slavic goes all the way up to the top. And if we get to a city and we find out that Slavic is there, Bill will not go to the bathroom. He will not leave. He will just stay in his seat. And we, we're all convinced that he's just waiting. The only reason he's fascinated, he's waiting for Slavic <laughs> To crash and burn. Right. And and so he always goes and gets his picture taken with Slavic and I It's like the milk crate challenge. I go if he ever right. yeah. I said if he ever falls, this is on you. He goes he goes, No, I'm gonna be right there. I'm gonna <laughs> Well it's like yeah. Red Panda. You count them number is she of the bowls, one with the she bowls? Yeah, you count yeah. the ones oh she That's missed the one. Best one. Oh she missed yeah. one. According to fanbuzz.com, the Philly fanatic reportedly makes six hundred bucks an hour. And the and, and Rocky, the Nuggets Massacre makes six hundred grand a year. So twenty five. So the fanatic is pissed off about the pitch clock and making right. these games shorter. Right. Shorter, you're right. Making less. Me and the fanatic money. want to. Yeah, Travis is the only one who went. Can you make games yeah. longer? Travis and the fanatic want these games to last four hours. Super Crosstalk is powered by In-N-Out Burger. That's what a hamburger is all about. We'll see you tomorrow.